Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into Sports Lounge Live. It is another Tuesday, and it is uh, another show. So, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us the number and all that other good stuff? Yeah, another Tuesday, another show. Okay, it's uh, April 26, 2022, show number 192. And um, we're uh, getting some clarity in our playoff situations. Uh, The NBA has been rolling along. My panel discussion is going to be, of course, about the Celtics because I'm very happy. But anyway, uh, let me give you the agenda first. I bet the Nets Uh, fans are not happy. They are not. Uh, so we got the panel. We got uh, the NBA, and we'll, so we'll, you know, I'll give you more on the Celtics at the beginning. Then we'll we'll do the other series. Baseball. Uh, we have the NFL. We have college sports. Both um, some uh, college basketball story broke this week, and we got a couple of college football rule uh, things going on. Boxing, which Robert is going to take care of in his panel, and he's also going to take care of NASCAR because he's a tool, dual sport, you know, two letter man here at the Sports Lounge Live. And then, uh, and and Sean has a couple of human interest stories. One of them is about hockey, so he's going to do that in his panel. The other one is a, a baseball story that that was and we pretty are wild. Doing, and we are doing the NHL, by the way. And we are doing the NHL at the end. So, yep, that's right. But anyway, so first of all, I'm very happy. It, to me, okay, the Celtics have swept some series in my time. Of course, I've been following them since '57, but you know they've they've only had a few sweeps. There's not as many sweeps as you'd think. Uh, but the last two are the kind that you usually get when they swept uh, the Knicks in 2011 and they swept Indiana in 2019. Those are the kind of sweeps where you're a, a two-seven or three-six, and you just you know beat the other team, and they really don't rise to the occasion. This was a lot better series than that. The whole margin of the four games was 18 points. The Celtics, though, led from sometime early in the second quarter on Saturday night the whole rest of the way. You know, the Nets would get – they'd be leading by 10, the Nets would cut up to 2, and then it would go back up to 8, and the Nets would cut it to 4, and just back and forth, back and forth. This was a really good series for a four-game series. But when you can beat Kyrie Irving, and, you know, Kyrie had his great, especially the second half on, on that Sunday, Easter Sunday, he did great. He really wasn't able to put, do a whole lot after that, but – the one they really shut down was Kevin Durant. And it's the first time Kevin Durant hasn't had a really good playoff series, but it wasn't his fault. They were all over him, and they he was committing turnovers. The Nets shot over 50% in the series, but they ended up losing the four games by those 18 points because of turnovers. The Celtics were stealing the ball. They were, you know, it was, it was amazing. So 
now, the omen, the last two times the Celtics have swept, they lost in the next round in five games. In 2011, they lost to LeBron in Miami. In 2019, it was to the Bucks. But that was a dysfunctional Celtics team of, you know, Irving, uh, but also, you know, the, the younger kids who had gotten to the Eastern Finals the year before, and uh, Irving wasn't going to listen to them and all that other stuff. So, so anyway, it's, it was, we're very happy. Everybody's happy around here. Uh, but again, a, the biggest sweep of my time, because usually you're sweeping a team that is not on your level. But this, again, you know, people uh, have been talking about this as, as a team that was possibly going to win the title. But this is also the first stop in hopefully the revenge tour, uh, because they're, they're, they're slated. If, they, if things go according to Hoyle, they would next be playing Milwaukee, who knocked them out in 2019. The they'll be, they'll be playing Milwaukee. I, I think they would be. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, in 2019, they'd be playing, you know, who beat them in 2019. They beat the Nets, who beat them last year. And then they would, if, uh, again, things go according to Hoyle, and this is further away, would play Miami, who they beat them in 2021. So, uh, 2020. And uh, it, if they can go all the way, and this is a long way, I'm not saying they're going to, but this is a big step. But if they can go all the way, this is the most unlikely championship, I think, since 1969. And, and none before were that unlikely because you knew they were one of the top teams. But that was the year they finished fourth. They beat Philadelphia. They beat the Knicks and they beat the Lakers in the balloon game and won it. So this is um, really something. And, and we'll see what happens. But probably won't know, won't be any action till Sunday, probably here against Milwaukee. Probably 3.30 in the afternoon, but we'll see how that goes. Okay, here is the host to be named later, Rick Swan. Hello. Um Kind of quiet week. Um, looking forward to the draft Thursday night. Um, kind of a strange draft. A lot of these players, uh, nobody really knows who anybody's going to take the first pick or anything. And it's it's, it's not a strong draft. I, mean, I think you got a lot of teams that want to trade back, but I don't know if they're finding anybody that wants to trade with them. It's kind of weird. Um, you know, it's not like, a strong draft, Rick, because <laughs> apparently somebody today, one of the big draft experts, if Jordan Love was was in this draft. He would be the highest picked quarterback, they say. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, like Chris was talking about the Celtics, that that was a lot of fun. Um uh Kyrie, um he had a great first game. He he but that was it. He retired after the first game. He wasn't there <laughs> the rest of the series. That was that he he just checked out. And um I'm beginning to think, well, I'd like, Chris was talking about revenge. I'd, I'd like to see them get Milwaukee, and if they get past that, maybe get Philadelphia. It reminds me of the old days yeah. in the 80s with the Celtics in Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to think with the way some of these injuries are going, like on Milwaukee and Miami's had one and, and, and uh, Phoenix, that uh, Robert, we could be looking at you and you and, and you were against us in the finals here. I think we got a shot. Uh, the, oh, problem oh. Is, the, the problem is, Rick, the Warriors don't match up well against the Suns. They played four games this year. And Phoenix won three out of four, and uh, none of them yeah. were really close. Either we won big or they that, won big. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, root for those Pelicans, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that's about all I have this week. I'm, I think I'm going to skip right over Tim and go right to Perry this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it is uh, a Tuesday afternoon. It's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon in the central part of the country, by the way, and the uh, – uh, I Cubs are home this week. They play the Indianapolis Indians, which of course is a Triple A for the Pirates. We'll see if they can perform better against the Pirates Triple A than the Big Cubs did against the Big Pirates. They won twenty-one to nothing and lost the other three games, and still outscored the Pirates by seventeen runs. <laughs> so that <laughs> tells you how, how big that win was on Saturday. But uh, yeah, the I Cubs are at home this week. Uh, NFL draft on. Thursday night, Northern Iowa, they think, may have a number one uh, draft pick this year. Uh, Trevor Penny, alignment for Northern Iowa, might be 
that number one draft pick. So that would be big news for, you know, for a, a one double A program. But that's the thing with football. No matter where you play, if if you're good, the NFL will find you. If you're good. The NFL will find you and uh, you will have your chance. Now, Bill is is here, but he's doing some other things. Uh, so we are going to go right along to Robert at this point. Okay. Well, uh, good afternoon, everybody. And um, I got two things for you as far as sports is concerned. Ross Chastain won the Talladega 500 on Sunday. I don't have any other details in that because uh, I wasn't watching the race. But I Apparently, he- from what I saw on Twitter, and we know that must be true if I saw it on Twitter, there was an accident. There was a one guy, the, the top two, one guy was trying to pass another guy, and they wound up having a crash. And he was able to get around yeah. both of them and win. Is what well, happened. Well, that that's normally it. Uh, that's normally what happens at a track like Daytona and Talladega. You'll you'll have lots of accidents, and somebody will always capitalize on whatever mistake was made. So uh, that is normal. You guys should um, be impressed. But, that is my one NASCAR story a year. There you go. Hey, <laughs> I like my hockey story last week that's with right. that's Chris Stoll. <laughs> yeah, well, you get you get to do a hockey story today, so that's yeah. good. And uh, uh, the thing I can talk about, though, was on Saturday afternoon in Wembley Stadium, they had 94,000 people to show up for the heavyweight championship fight. And Tyson Fury proved to be the best heavyweight in the world, and he still is. He uh, knocked out Dillian White in the sixth round, uh, and he says he's going to retire. I frankly do not believe he's going to retire because there's too much money at stake, especially if he gets to fight the winner of... Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, who are going to rematch in July. Although I've got to feel bad for Usyk. His country's at war. He was in the military, and the president had to go to him and say, uh, look, we appreciate you fighting. We know you love your country, but you could do us a lot more good by going and defending your title because people in this country could use a morale boost. So he is in training, and the fight is set for July, and that's another one you'll probably be able to hear on Tossport, and hopefully Jerry or somebody can come in and talk about how the radio coverage was because I had to concentrate on the TV. But I hope, for selfish reasons, I hope Tyson Fury does not retire because he is by far the best heavyweight in the world, and only him and Canelo can attract the big crowds in boxing. Uh, the the biggest crowd ever in boxing was 132,000 back in 1993 in Mexico City, uh, and Tyson Fury is now in second place with 94,000 in, in England. The biggest U.S. crowd was what Canelo did last May in, in Jerry World when he brought in 73,000. So um, uh, since they don't like to use the college stadiums like Ohio State or Michigan, um, that's probably the biggest crowd we'll ever see for a boxing uh, match here in the U.S. But anyway, that's all I've got. Sean, what do you got in Texas? Just to give you oh, a little bit of a heads up, before you do go, Sean, just to give you a little bit of a heads up, Robert, Jerry's already here with his hand up, so maybe he wants to talk about that. But, Sean, go ahead, and then we'll get to Jerry. Right. Yeah, okay, well, uh, mid-60s here in Austin, a lot of rain yesterday, finally. So, but anyway, before I get to what I want to talk about, just remember, you can contact us anytime throughout the week, 773-572-7715. Hit the pound key if you want to skip over. But if you want to listen, that is also where I do my wrestling line and shooting the beat with Sean. I think I'm going to be looking at 19... 
87 on tomorrow's update. The year 1987, that's going to be uh, Bad you don't have a producer to hit, hit you with some of the big hits of the year, you know, in the background. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, there, you know, there were a lot of hits in 87, and there are different promotions and some changes. But also, uh, of course, 800-693-0595, option two, or Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net is where you can contact us. Uh, of course, interesting thing, first of all, the uh, mentioned my hockey. This is sort of a hockey story. Well, it is. It's about a firing in hockey. 19, a guy, he was a Zamboni driver for the Detroit Red Wings since 1971. He was let go because, well, he didn't think anybody was there at the arena at Little Caesars. He parked a couple of Zambonis and he had to pee. And so he relieved himself in the drainage ditch. But apparently somebody saw him, turned him in. Uh, they fired him. Uh, he has got a lawsuit going saying it, he thinks it's age discrimination. They were looking for a reason to get rid of him because no one could see him doing it. They just knew. You could tell, hey, he's standing there. Probably that's what he's up to. But their case, they're saying the bathroom was 60 feet away. Now, he had he has a prostate condition. It was not a cancerous tumor. It was a benign uh, prostate tumor, but it's a condition to where he just he has to go. He, you know, he has to go. I mean, he, but they dismissed him. So anyway, that's it on that one. And, you know, let's go ahead and I guess go to Jerry real quick. Let's, uh, let's go to Jerry. Jerry, come on in. Okay. The, uh, okay. Talking about, well, I want to talk about two things. First, yeah. let's talk about the Tyson Fury fight on Saturday. Uh, it was, it was uh, the radio coverage. They didn't do too good with the undercard. They kept building up, you know, getting people's well, that un- Jerry, that undercard was terrible. I don't blame them for, for uh, doing a terrible job on the undercard. It wasn't, it wasn't worth Why it was part of the pay-per-view, I have no idea. It wasn't That undercard was bad. Yeah, well, they got the reactions from the people, and uh, the, the fight itself, the coverage was good. And I'll tell you what I got into. Uh, Mike Tyson, uh, not, uh, and Tyson Fury has quite a voice. I mean, he did a great rendition of American Pie, and he got everybody into it, and it was interesting. But, uh, yeah, he really, uh, uh, in a way, I kind of hope he doesn't retire either. And secondly, uh, we'll go to basketball. Seventy Sixers Toronto series is getting interesting now. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. See what does happen, but I hope my Sixers can pull it out. But if they can, Thursday. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There you go, Jerry. Good job. All right, that leads us right into the NBA. Thank Thank you, Jerry. Jerry. That's a good segue. Yep. That's right. Well, this is this is production. We 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 spare no expense here to hire all the people to work these things. I'm going to add this on. This is basketball and going into it. Of course, we all talked about the protesters at the Minnesota the protesting Minnesota. Well, Saturday they had two other protesters, and they they caught the well. They were there sitting behind setting. Behind the owner at the game, and they caught the one as she was running off, running onto the court. They caught her. They she wasn't able to do anything, and then they escorted her friend. They saw the t-shirt. They escorted, and ironically, Minnesota won on Saturday again. So every time they've had a protester, <laughs> Minnesota has yeah. won three for three now. You know, and yeah. to be totally fair about it, Minnesota should be they should have a stranglehold on that series. To be totally honest with you. Oh, yeah, they should. But. Well, and uh, with Minnesota and Memphis, uh, they're both younger teams. 
And, uh, you know, this is the first time that either one of these teams have been in this kind of spotlight. So it's been very interesting to, to watch how this plays out because the winner of this will play the very experienced Warriors, who's been who's been in multiple playoff series. Right. So, you know. Uh, the, we'll probably play the Warriors. We'll and the, and the yeah, Timber, yeah, we'll and, you know, the Timberwolves weren't even supposed to be here. So, I mean, anything no, they no, do no. Is, is a bonus from here on. But that That's correct. But, you know, at least, we, at least we have something to watch. I mean, they're giving us something to watch. The Bulls are kind of collapsing. And... Yeah. Okay, anyway. so why don't we start in the East? Okay. Because that's, after all, where the country started, and we'll uh, do that. <laughs> so uh, so in the first, uh, in the uh, one bracket, the, the A bracket, as they would have called it in the old days in the NHL, they used to number the tickets, you know, what your series was, and use ticket 3B or whatever it was, you know. So anyway, Miami at Atlanta, and uh, oh, it's, I mean, Miami leading Atlanta three games to one. There's really only been one good game in that series, the one where the Hawk came from the behind on Friday night, pulled one out sure. last second, uh, you know, but the, the Heat reassumed control. On Sunday, so this is more like a sweep than the sweep was. You know, like I was talking about, uh, this is kind of you. You know that Miami should win this series. Uh, you know they've got the better talent. You know they've been again. They're in the playoffs every year too. So and the Hawks are too. The Hawks are not you know strangers, and they were in the final, Eastern Finals last year. But you know the, the, it's just just too much. I mean, the Hawks did well to pull their season out of the gutter and get to where they got to. But I think uh, they're going to be uh, going home pretty soon. And uh, so, and now let's talk about that Philadelphia-Toronto series, the other series in the bracket, three games to two. Now, I heard a couple of things on that, and I need some clarification if anybody knows. Joel Embiid apparently has some kind of a ligament pull in his thumb. Ligament tear. It's ligament tear, okay. And and he's going to require surgery, but he's going to put it off until the Sixers are done. When did he hurt himself, last night or on Saturday? No, it was on Saturday. It was on Saturday. Saturday. All right. And... I know, and I don't think it's, and I'm not saying he won't say something, but, but you know, the, the, the Sixers guy there, Tom McGinnis, was complaining. When I put it on, I, of course, listened to the whole Celtics game, and then after that I put it on the Sixers, and he was complaining about James Harden, and he was saying that James Harden is not passing the ball and not helping his team. You know, the first few day, games he said when he first got there that he was, and now he's not. And now the issue may be that he thinks, and I'm not necessarily picking up for Harden because he's had his problem, but the issue may be that he his big other offensive weapon is Embiid, and he maybe doesn't think that Embiid could do it with that thumb. But if that's the case, and, and it's really true, and Embiid got a bunch of points last night, so I don't think that's necessarily true. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's some disarray on the Sixers, but Toronto, of course, isn't a bad team, and I said that they, they could play well. They, they just managed to hang on on Saturday and pull out that one game to stay alive. But that's the other thing that can happen. I remember the Celtics being uh, up against the Knicks. It was one of the three-game series that you used to have in the first round. They're up two games to none. They let the Knicks off the off the hook. I think it was in, at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, the Knicks won the series three games to two. You've got to sometimes take that opportunity. If you get it and you don't take it, you know, you can you could regret it later on. So Toronto's back in that series. Well, and you have to remember, too, uh, Chris, uh, I don't know how fo- how much you really follow the entire NBA, but James Harden is known as a ball hog. Right, he's, yes. He's one of these kind of people, once he gets the ball, he does not like to give it up, and that could create problems for Doc and the rest of the Sixers. Yeah. So, yeah. Like Larry Bird used to call Kevin McHale. Once you send the ball into him, it was like the black hole. You never saw it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's that. So Embiid, so we'll see how that goes. Another guy who didn't play last night, and I don't know what his injury was, was Fred Van Vliet for, uh, for the Raptors. What was anybody hearing about him? Uh, uh, it no, was I, an injury, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah I can't it, remember what it was. It was an injury, but it's day to day. Okay. All right. 
And then we've already kind of talked about the Celtics' point of view, but the Brooklyn situation is going to be very interesting. I don't know what uh, the, the contracts and, and Ben Simmons is, will be ready by the Fourth of July. Yeah, he's he announced ready, that. Yeah. yeah, he's almost ready yeah. now. But uh, you know, uh, speaking of James Harden and the trade, that that worked out well. But uh, anyway, maybe both got what they, they're going to get. But um, I don't know what the thought is in Brooklyn. I don't know what they're saying behind the scenes. I mean, obviously, Sean, um, uh, you know, Grandy was saying everybody would be talking more about the net today than they would the Celtics, even though the Celtics won the series because it's the Nets and there was so much of a buildup. But I don't know about Kyrie. I mean, I, I get the feeling that Durant can deal with him. Durant can pretty much deal with anything. He's a classy guy. He was patting the Celtics on the back last night and, you know, wishing yeah. them well and, and all this other stuff. And he's a classy guy, uh, you yeah, know. He is. But uh, but I don't really don't know what they're going to do about Kyrie because you know when you look at and, and I still say this they were and Sean uh, you know said it too today uh, yesterday Grandy that how many more games would they have won if Kyrie you know okay he's he's doing Ramadan now that's a religious holiday but it doesn't benefit his team you know it, it's what he's doing it's what he's got to do but the vaccination thing how many more games might they have won at home three or four games they wouldn't have been a seven seed you know they might yeah, have been a four or three uh, Chris Chris Ru- Chris Russo would disagree with that he doesn't think. <laughs> made any difference at all because that team he said has just been a wreck anyway and whether and another problem you have they traded for a guy that has like four years left on his his existing contract and yeah. you couldn't even get him to play one game yeah. for you after he got there right what in what in the world are you what what in the world are you willing to do when it comes to october november when the season starts and yep. he still makes up excuses why he yep. can't play and the um, bad th- the bad thing that russo was saying today today he said the nets could have gotten to where fans might care but he said in all honesty the the fans in brooklyn he said they're Knicks fans they don't care about the nets right yeah, the uh, last night. I mean, and I understand Saturday night was pretty wild, and they were they were gung ho. And I get it. We've been in situations like that where you're down two nothing, and you come home and you say, "All right, we, we're getting home. We're going to straighten this out." And the Knicks, the I mean, Nets fans were pretty good. So there were a good good chunk of Celtics fans there too. It's not hard to get down there and get tickets, but then there were. But last night it was a morgue. It really was not. Even yeah. when the, they it were was, coming yeah, back, it was. Russo yeah, Russo says sure. that most people in New York still consider them the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about that. That's yeah, what he said. I was said. wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll see. I think they're, they're going to have the most interesting off season. And we've already talked about the Celtics. So, and then in the other half of the bracket with the Celtics with Milwaukee leading Chicago. Now the Bulls, you know, uh, they get wiped out again on Sunday, but they did uh, pick, pick off that win, uh, you know, earlier in the yeah. series. And so do you think it's going to be over uh, tomorrow night? Yes, uh, yeah, I, I do. Yes. I do. It will yes. be over tomorrow night because Alex, back in Alex yeah. Caruso for the Bulls is still in concussion protocol. So I yeah. do believe it yeah. ends tomorrow night. Okay. And that's not, a, and that's not a surprise because yeah. I mean, really the Bulls, since they started accumulating all these injuries uh, this season, have, have they've never been able to come back from it all. No, no. And they never beat the top teams. I mean, they finally got a win against Milwaukee. But remember, we had that stat two or three weeks ago, the top four, the other top four, or the top four, you know, Celtics, Milwaukee, and, and uh, you know, Philadelphia, and uh, Miami, that they were like, what, one in 14 or something like that. They beat the Celtics once, and that was about it, you know, early in the season. So in the West, we have Phoenix and uh, and New Orleans at 2-2. And, of course, Devin Booker is out. And, and now, what has he got, about another week or so to go? So he won't play in this round? Is that the story? Yeah, a week, week or two, week and a half, week. Yeah, uh, uh, they say it could be another two weeks. It just—I don't know how seriously the injury is, um, but uh, Phoenix should find a way to uh, 
who uh, get past yeah. New Orleans, but I, uh, I don't know what, what happens to them going forward if Booker And ironically, I, New, Orleans, New Orleans and Atlanta were both nine seeds that won those play-in games, and New Orleans giving Phoenix a bit of a fit, tied yeah. it up, and, you know, Atlanta got to yeah. win. You know, usually those 1-8, whatever, it's usually a blowout yeah. Both, yeah. both ways. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So, and uh, really, it's Chris Paul that's really doing it for for Phoenix when when it's getting done on Friday night. I was listening right. to the uh, to the Pelicans, and they were very impressed with uh, uh, Chris Paul. And yeah. you know, he's such a veteran, and he knows what to do. And you know, so mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you want Booker there. And I had forgotten last year. But speaking of people not being, Jalen Brown wasn't even around for that Celtic Nets series. Yeah. They wouldn't have won it anyway. But I had forgotten because they were talking to him about that today. But anyway, and the other side of the bracket, Dallas, uh, uh, Luka Doncic is back. And he uh, scored a whole bunch of points, and they killed Utah last night in Dallas. Yeah. So they're up three uh, games to two. I, I think that series is going to go seven games. Um, it, yeah. it has it has the feel of a seven game series to me. So I, uh, you know, nor, uh, whoever wins between New Orleans and Phoenix is going to deal with a very tired and possibly beat up Dallas team. Well, it's not exactly like uh, New Orleans and Phoenix are having an easy time with each other here. No, either. no. So, you know, no, so so Phoenix yeah. may want to go ahead and try to wrap it up here in the next, you know, tonight and Thursday to yeah. have a rest because I agree this Dallas-Utah series has been the best series yeah. So far, now now Luke Luke is back, so that may make a difference. You have Thursday, you know, you have Game Six, and get you know, or you have you know, it could that could make a difference. Yeah. Circling back on another injury that I forgot about, what's what's the story with Chris Middleton? What are they saying about him with the Bucks? He's out for a while. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be out a while. He, he a gives while. the Celtics yeah, a hard yeah. time. He gives the yeah, Celtics a hard yeah. time as Don, as uh, uh, Giannis does. You yeah, know, no, I mean, he, uh, he's going to be out a while, Chris. I, you know, I feel bad for Milwaukee because uh, you'd like to see all these teams yep, have yep. all their bullets available. But you would, and Robert I, Williams. I don't, I don't feel bad for Milwaukee because they're going to win and move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, Robert Williams has come back for the Celtics, and now this is a good thing for him. He was only uh, coming off the well, bench because you know he's on a kind of a pitch count, as they say. But he right. will be able to build up now because they're going to have the time off till probably Sunday or so. So uh, we'll see how what kind of a role. Uh, he has when when they get back, and uh, let's see. So we had Dallas and Utah, and we already talked about Memphis and Minnesota a little bit. And they're tied two games apiece, and they're gonna gonna play tonight. And but it uh, should, you know, I mean, let's be honest. It should be three one Minnesota because when you blow yes. a twenty six point lead, you yeah, that should not bad. blow a lead that you know it should be it should be three one Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. And and then go, finishing up with Golden State and Denver. Now that is not the kind of game I was talking about where you you really had the team uh, you know the, on the ropes. Denver came out and really got a good lead on Sunday, and then the Warriors came back and made it quite a game at the end. Yeah. So it, that that's the kind of thing where you kind of think. You know, you didn't let them off the hook. You you made a statement at the end of the game that we're still in this, even though you had it by fifteen or twenty points. So I think that the Warriors are in pretty good shape uh, to yeah, take care of this. Yeah, I, I think they'll ra- I think they'll wrap it up tomorrow night. I and uh, you know um, yeah, they'll, so. I think they'll I think they'll wrap that up tomorrow night. And of course, we get the winner of that Minnesota Memphis series, and mm-hmm. uh, that that'll be interesting. Okay, so we have some NBA notes too. We have uh, well, Devin Booker. We've uh, already talked about him. Uh, could miss the rest of the series and maybe a little more, but we don't know. Um, uh, the let's see, the HBO series Winning Time uh, portrayed uh, Jerry West as a rageaholic and a bit now, of an alcoholic, look, and, and he's look, denying now, it, and, and everybody is. No, but nobody believes it. Yeah, no, because basically what this is, it's not a documentary. It's a they call it a docu drama. It's actors playing the part, and it's a perception 
by somebody. And a lot of the others, they they flat, you know, they've said, "Hey, we know what it is." But Jerry West is not. He thinks because him and Jerry Buss didn't leave on, didn't part on good terms, from what I understand, anyway. And he thinks that maybe. Magic and some others who are very loyal. He wonders. Now there is another one coming out. Uh, what is it? The the other the it's Magic's producing this, and it's an actual documentary. Time or something. Like that. I've seen a lot of commercial, and it's, it's another. And, it, it is. And HBO has HBO has already renewed the series for another season. So um, I yeah, think this, I think there's going to be a lot of legal hot water here, and I. I I wouldn't find well, me. Jerry I don't know if they can do that, Robert, because if you come out and you say it's a uh, docudrama, right. you know, they, which is foolish. If, if you know, if somebody tells me that, I'm going to say, why am I going to watch this? Right. If you're making, if, if you're admitting you might be making stuff up, why do I care? Right. It's loosely based on the Lakers of the '80s, and it's loosely based is what they say. It's not. It's not supposed to be a. It's a fictional, somewhat fictional base, and that's why I said I don't worry about it as much because you know I've I, I saw one or two episodes and I was like, yeah, I was good acting. It's it's very all right. It's very similar. We've talked about this in some wrestling stuff about Young Rock, uh, the series Young Rock. How there's some stuff that's accurate, but it's kind of a dramatization of what was going on in wrestling in the 80s. It's kind of the same thing. That they, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's loosely based. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a series. It's not, a, wanna, it's not know, a documentary. If I want to see a a something, I want to see a documentary. I want, you know, it's funny. Sean uh, Grandy was talking about this last night when he was talking about at the end of the game and the guys coming and, and making comments to each other. He said, that's the kind of thing you hear about in documentaries years later. You know, if, well, you know, uh, Kyrie said this or, you know, uh, Tatum said that. And it's the kind of thing that, comes into the real documentaries, you know, the 30 for 30s when you do somebody's career, you know, how did they react at a moment like that? And and that's the real stuff, you know, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The uh, Charlotte, who's now made, missed the playoffs at least two years in a row, maybe longer than that, fired James Borrego as a coach. Uh, and uh, yeah, no playoffs the last two years. Well, they did, knocked they, down the play in tournament. The play in tournament, didn't that technically count as a playoff? No. No, you do no, no, you're in the lottery. If you uh, like the teams that, including them this year, the teams that lose in the play-in tournament are in the lottery. And they are not yep. in the playoffs. Oh, and, so they're yeah. not like they're not like the NCAA. The NCAA, of course, no, no, you know, they're not like the. the well, you those, can at least uh, as a coach games, say the play-in hey, games in the know. NCAA. They tell you that is the first round. Oh, sure. No, that's no. What this is, is but this is not because you don't want to take, deprive a team who was, you know, uh, whatever, like San Antonio, thirty-two wins or something of the of the. You get you lose the play in and you can't be in the lottery either you know i mean that's yeah not well no perry good. let me correct you it's not the first round anymore they're the first four they they did away with the first round they're the first four before the oh. first round but they're still the tournament yeah yeah, yeah. okay and <laughs> if they play in a really cold arena they're the frozen four okay so anyway uh, and uh and it usually Barnes, and it usually is chris because nobody's usually there yeah that's right and, yeah if they can, if they can ever get Dayton into that game, they'll have some crowds. But uh, you know, that's what they need to do. Uh, Scotty Barnes, Rookie of the Year for uh, the Raptors, uh, and uh, Marcus Smart was the Defensive Player of the Year. I guess he was one of the first guards. Guards don't win it very often, so the first no, they don't win it since Gary Payton in 1996. Yeah, yeah, yep. so that's pretty good. So there you go. So that's and I didn't hear there. Were, I heard. Uh, uh, Sean Grandy mentioned that they awarded the most improved player, but I don't know who it was. I didn't uh, that hear that. Was, uh, that was John Morant from uh, Memphis. John oh, yeah. Morant. John. Yeah. John Morant, not John, John Morant. Yeah. John. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's good. So that's it all, all I know about on we, the uh, NBA. We have we one got... more NBA thing. We need Any to more? wish a happy birthday to Al McCoy, the voice of the Suns today. So how old happy is birthday our friend, Al? I don't know how old Al is, but it is his birthday today. So we do want to yeah, wish him a happy birthday. Of, he's and, the dean of NBA broadcast. Yes, he, he is. is. And he, uh, he replaced uh, Hot Rod Hunley, I believe. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, when Hot yeah. Rod retired, he became yeah. the longest. No, no, no. He wasn't retired. He He went to New Orleans. He went to New Orleans. Yeah. And that's no, no, well, him. what I was saying was Hot Rod retired, Al McCoy yeah. became the dean. Right. No, but he, he oh, I, as the dean, yes, I get it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think Hot Rod was the dean after Chick Hearn died uh, for a brief yeah, time. Yeah, after Chick Hearn died, Hot Rod was the dean, and then he, then he was gone, and then Al McCoy, but yeah. yeah. Right, but I remember Al McCoy uh, coming home. We, we had gone to the Celtics-Cleveland game in 76, coming home and listening to Game 7 with the Warriors. And, uh, oh, don't remind I, me, Chris. Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> torn. I kind of wanted to, you know. See, and I think we'd already bought uh, finals tickets, if I remember. Didn't we go and buy them right after the Cleveland uh, game yeah. got over? And yeah. we went and got the tickets. And so I was kind of torn. I'm like, it'll be a lot easier for the Celtics to beat the Warriors because the Celtics were an aging team, and I didn't know if they could uh, to beat the Suns. But uh, And I'll tell you what, you talk about crowds. We went to that finals game. It could have been a, a game against the, uh, I don't know, the Bulls in, in mid-February. It was dead. It now, was, what I, game? What game was that, Chris? We went. Go? Okay, we went. They, the Celtics uh, beat Cleveland, and we we were there for that. Or maybe no, you know what it was? It wasn't when they beat when they ended the series because they beat them, I think, in six in Cleveland. But it was when they'd taken like a three to one lead or something, whatever game it was. Game five against Cleveland. We went. We were there at one of the Cleveland games, and we said we're going to get tickets for the finals. And there, you know, we haven't been to the finals. We we had gone in '74. We were at the uh, double overtime game with uh, Havlicek and Kareem throwing down those shots, and uh, you know when the Celtics almost won it, and then they won in Milwaukee the next uh, on Sunday. But so we said, we're going to go, go back to the final. And, but we were kind of hoping for the Warriors to make it a better game because when Phoenix came in here, it was like a mid mid February game. It was nothing. The crowd was right. nothing. So, well, you know. I'll, I'll never forget uh, game five of that series. You know. The, oh yeah. The, well, that's the, right. The over, yeah. well, we got to game five and the crowd had amped it up by then. Now I had gone to the baseball game. We won't get through that whole story again. Rick <laughs> right. was on watching, <laughs> but well, we could have had tickets for that game too, but we yep. said, I don't know. It's not going to be that good. That's yeah. probably going to sweep them. So Let's then. Speaking of baseball. Uh, yeah. yeah well, wait a minute. Before we, before we do that, uh, Jerry wants right. to come back again. And, okay. Well, let me uh, let's okay. just finish this story. So by game five, because Phoenix had won fairly easily in games three and four, the crowd yeah, they'd gotten their attention. So the game five crowd was a lot better. Yeah. All right. I just checked I just checked it out. Today is Al McCoy's eighty ninth birthday. Very okay. good. Eighty ninth. Right. Wow. Yeah. We know and we know that Al McCoy is is an Iowan because I always find those guys. That's right. <laughs> right, right Jerry? Yeah. Come on in, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, that's that's what Google just told me uh, that Al McCoy was eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Sean, if you want 1987 music, if you ever want to do one of your uh, shooting the you-know-what with Sean there, I discovered today I can get, I can recite a year into the Google thing, my Google, uh... Yeah, no, yeah. yeah I, I know about that, Jerry. I don't do music on there. I talk about the wrestling events of 1987 that yeah. went on. That, yeah, that's what I'm doing. It's, they were joking about the music of 87, but no, I do wrestling, uh, big news stories and it's angles a, and stuff. Of it's a hard-hitting, pure sports show, Jerry. None of this fluff, yeah. you know? Yeah, okay. okay, someday All when right. I'm bored, I'm going to have it play the top 100 songs of 1963 for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe, it, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Uh, you can do it in Miss A, but I, I've gotten such random stuff from different years that I don't know how it works. So maybe you can ask for that, but I haven't tried that one yet. Okay, you, let us, you let us know if it works, Jerry. 
Right. All right. So that's right. Speaking of baseball, as Sean wanted to do two minutes ago, we are. And um, first of all, I think I'll do this one first so I don't forget, and because it's on another sheet and all that other stuff, that we did have the MRI for Jacob deGrom, and apparently he is at least going to try to do some do some conditioning and, you know, do a little, what, what did they say, Perry? was uh, specifically uh, Strengthening doing? program. Strengthening. But it's, yeah. according to what Jim Duquette said this morning, it's still likely going to be very close to the all-star break. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that's Jacob DeGrom's story. Uh, Jesse Chavez was traded from the Cubs to Atlanta for um, Sean uh, Newcomb, and you thought that was pretty strange. Uh, I ha- still have no idea why that was done. Uh-huh. Because uh, what was it? The, the, he was on, Newcomb was on, uh, was available on, uh, he'd been cut, right? I mean, basically. He was, was, yeah, he was DFA, yep. And the thing is, of course, then at that point, does it go, is are you a total free agent or does it go to the waiver wire? They have 10 days. They can either, they can trade you or you have to go through waivers, you know, of all the other teams. Yeah. And if somebody claims you, you can work out a trade with that team or. that's what the Cubs did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did. Okay. All right. So let's see. We've also got uh, Miguel, Miguel Cabrera got his 3000th hit on Saturday. And uh, he was uh, he he and uh, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron are the only players with uh, three thousand hits and five hundred home runs and uh, oh and hitting three hundred for their career. Three hundred, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was the third Tiger to do it. Of course, Al Kaline and Di Cobb, who of course uh, Pete Rose beat for the record, uh, you know, back uh, back there in uh, seventy whenever that was. I don't remember what year that was, but so uh, and that was that's why they kept Cabrera for attendance milestones like that, you know, to bring crowds in for different things he might accomplish. I don't think there's necessarily anything else uh, on his horizon, but they were saying that everybody, the way people hit now and stuff, they don't know when the next 3,000 hitter is going to no, be. Because no, because the, the, prob- the problem is the, the, the closest active player to 3,000 hits now is Robinson Cano, and he's like a 2,600. Nope. And uh, beyond that, you know, they say somebody like a Mike Trout or uh, Jose Altuve, you know, somebody like that may eventually get there, but it'll be a long time before we ever see uh, 3,000 hits again. So Yeah. Wander, they're thinking the guy who may do it, and he's so much younger, and you know, it's going to take a while. Wander Franco from Tampa Bay, they were talking about him the other day because he's a pure hitter. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he's a great player, and the Rays were smart to get him signed up for a few years coming up here because he has just, you know, jumped right into the league, uh, and he's just one of the top players already. That, so. That's why they gave him an 11-year deal worth $182 million. Yeah, so. which is cheap. It's cheap yeah. when you look at what people, uh, you know, Judge and Devers and Bogarts and stuff are asking for right now. Don't try, so. And, try, and uh, uh, Miguel will be around in Detroit for at least two more years. He's got two more years. Guaranteed one more. Nope, one deal. more. Oh, it's one more. Okay. Okay. All right. yep. This and so next one year. person. One person who is not guaranteed anything in life is Michael Conforto, who'd been with uh, the Mets, Mets. and he's a free agent, but he's got having shoulder surgery, and he's going to be out all year. And that means, as far as I know, that he has to pay for everything himself because he's a free agent. That's correct. uh, That's uh, not good for him and his budget. And the Mets lose. They would have, under the old system, you know, they'd have gotten that pick for him, you know, in the draft. Well, since since he didn't sign with anybody, they lose that pick. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and they won't even get it next year when he does, huh? That is correct. Okay. Is correct. So we we the Red Sox have been dealing with COVID issues. Alex Cora, uh, they found out on Thursday was it was had COVID, but he wasn't the only manager. Uh, Scott Service of the Mariners, who swept Kansas City this weekend anyway, without him. Well, I don't know whether uh, Service came back or not. I know that Alex didn't come back at least as of 
uh, last night. I don't know what's going on with him. I guess he still had symptoms, even though he's you know been vaccinated and boosted and everything, but he still had symptoms, and that'll happen. So he's been out for a while, as opposed to like uh, Christian Vasquez, who came back in a day, which I was amazed amazed by. And then, of course, the and in the middle of uh, that, the Red Sox have to go to Toronto. And Rick, I never did because I was so busy with the Celtics and uh, other things. I never did find out who else besides Tanner Houck was not going to be able to that's go. That's it. That's, that's it. It. It, it. No, there's one more. The the, the rookie. Uh, he's working with the Red Sox. I don't know if he's working that. That pitcher Crawford. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He also was not. Vaccinated. All right. Ben, yeah. ben Wagner did not mention him. He only mentioned yeah. Houck. Yeah, yeah. In well, fact, they new. filled his roster spot with this, this pitcher Danish that gave up the grand slam last night. So oh, there you go. That worked out real well. Yeah. So uh, Dave Sims had the COVID, but he was on the broadcast because I got listening to them on Sunday. Dave Sims and a guy named Gary Hill, who sounded pretty good. So they're if they can just get rid of uh, our friend there, uh, you know, uh, and I can't think of his name that we we don't like uh, from Detroit originally. Rick uh, Riz. Rick, Rick Riz. Riz. If they can just move on from Rick Riz, they've got some people. Well, we know Dave Sims is great. Uh, you know, he could do anything, but because uh, we. I think he's even done. Didn't he do? He certainly did NCAA basketball when he's on Westwood One. Didn't he do football too for them? I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't think so. But he did I thought he did some college. I thought he did some college. Maybe, Maybe college. But this guy Gary Hill sounded good too, so they could they could move on. Uh, so, but the team, the, the players in the a, in the in the AL East, you've got to play it in Toronto nine or ten times. If it's one one thing, it's a three game series or four game series. You got to, you know, really, and and the Yankees are going to be hit with it too when they when they go because of Judge and and uh, the Yankees Cole. are going to be hit with other things too. Uh, well, Yankees, that's right. We'll Yankees get to the hitting have, at the Yankee Stadium. Yankees have a lot of problems. So the way the Red Sox got there, and they're sign stealing from, too. Don't forget about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. So the Red Sox bust in from Buffalo because you can avoid being checked at the airport if you do that. So they flew to Buffalo from Tampa Bay and buffed in. So that's how you do that. Uh, and the the uh, so uh, getting to the Yankees and their fans and their joyous fans on Saturday while the Yankees were having a walk off win, they were so busy harassing uh, Cleveland outfielders that it's a wonder they even noticed some of them out there and it got worse after the after the uh, game was over Glaber Torres got a hit and won the game and they, they were still throwing stuff at the guardian outfielders so pretty pretty ridiculous yeah they were throwing and, uh, uh, according to Miles Straw they were throwing full beer bottles yeah yeah so why would you thinking, why would you waste your beer like that yeah I don't yeah, know what's the end of the amazing. game you can't bring it out you know? They used to throw batteries, and I assumed that they were batteries that were expired. You know? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to waste those. <laughs> huh. That's right. So uh, I remember Johnny Most doing a Celtics game, and there was something thrown near him. Uh, they just beaten Houston when Houston used to be in the East, and they just beaten them. And there's a bottle been thrown at me, and uh, it's vodka. <laughs> Make sure we knew what it was. So anyway, but uh, I don't know. So now you were talking about sign stealing, though, Perry. Yes, the the letter from uh, MLB to the Yankees is going to be released, I think, this week. And uh, the Yankees are very unhappy about this. They say that by releasing this letter, it will damage their brand. So they're worried about their brand. But for Brian Cashman, you know, to keep going yeah. out there <laughs> commenting about what happened in 2017, he wasn't too worried about that. But now he's worried about their brand. Yeah, yeah. So well. I think there's I think there's probably going to be some stuff in there that the Yankees mm-hmm. do not want public to know. Well, what was it Alice Cora said, Rick? There was a comment he made when they were over in, in England there at that time, and he was talking about one of the uh, Yankees, and he said, well, he would he would know about how to do that or something like that because he'd been 
I don't know, with the Astros or something. Well, I can't uh, remember. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, remember. Uh, I'll, I'll remind you, Chris, remember, yeah. uh, uh, Carlos, uh, the the one that Beltran. got fired from the, yeah Beltran, he he was working for the Yankees back when the Yankees were in England with the yeah. Red Sox, and, yeah. that's well, he, and he still Cora, does work for Yes. Yeah, he's working for Yes now, so that's what Alex Cora was referring to. Yeah, he's yeah. like, look, if anybody knows how to do it, he would. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, and because Alex, I think, thought in that, that that particular game, that Saturday game, that there was uh, yeah. stuff that he yeah. suspected that they knew. What well, was hey, on. when it, when it's seventeen to thirteen, there's got to be something. Yeah, that was. <laughs> we've had uh, many of those games, especially with Jacksonville, that have fewer have had fewer points in London than that game. That's <laughs> exactly. Sure. That was an NFL game on a baseball field. Right. <laughs> like, that's right. Okay. Any more baseball? Well, okay, uh, coach. On, but, oh, hold, that's hold right. Sean has one, but hold go on, ahead. Sean, just a second, Sean. Uh, May second to May 29th, you will be able to carry 14 pitchers. They were going to drop it to 13, but they don't think the pitchers are quite ready for that yet. So, out of your 26 sure. players, you can carry 14 pitchers. And starting on May second, the injured list for pitchers goes from 10 days to 15 days. So Not Perry, for the position we're, players, we're, but just the pitchers. So, Perry, we're still going to have the roster reduction from 28 to 26 on May 1st? Yes, correct. May 2nd. Uh, May 2nd. By the way, uh, in case we didn't cover it last week, the Washington Nationals are for sale. Yes, they are. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, $2 billion. Pierre was was talking to us about that before the show. Yeah, I expect him to be bidding, actually. I I think he will. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) with some businesses that they were involved in, apparently uh, they are uh, short of money, and they have to put the Nationals up for sale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Couple, well, right. the A's, one, I wish the A's were up for sale, but Sean, go ahead with your story. Okay, we had a question, first of all, from one of our regular Lone Star about who was it was traded from the Rangers to the Yankees? Oh. Joey Gallo? And uh, well, No, cool. they, no. they also got uh, uh, kind of Felipe, too, from Texas, um, but I don't remember. No, they technically got him from Minnesota. Oh, that's but there was somebody for, She asked about somebody from Texas to the Yankees, and she was wondering who the Rangers got. Yeah, I didn't write that down. I don't remember. I, I, I remember I, the I question. Don't, I, don't I don't remember. remember. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who that is. No. Yeah, but but no. Uh, yeah, all right. But anyway, the Yankees brawl was not the biggest brawl in baseball. We're going to go to junior college baseball in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Weatherford, which is Weatherford Junior College, which is about an hour west of Fort Worth. Yeah, and they were playing North Central yeah. Texas Junior College in Gainesville, which Gainesville is not North Central. It's about as far North Texas. It's on the it's the last stop on I thirty five before you get to Oklahoma, about an hour north of Dallas. But they were playing on Wednesday, and the all right, a player from North Central Texas Junior College, which I think it used to have, an, I think it was known as Gainesville Junior College. That's why I didn't know where it was before, but. Player, he hit a home run. He had struck out a couple times in the game. He hit a home run. As he was rounding the bases, he was trash-talking each of the players, coaches, and everything. And then, I guess, he got the third, looked at the third at the third base coach, and waved some. And here came the pitcher for Weatherford Junior College off the mound. And just, I mean, he speared him. He knocked him down. He, he uh, And then, from there, now, a brawl proceeded to happen. And if you leave the dugout, and you're automatically suspended for two games. So this was the opening of a four-game series, Wednesday through Saturday. So North Central Texas Junior College, though it was called a double forfeit on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, North Central Texas Junior College had to forfeit uh, those two games because they didn't have enough players because uh, players ran out of the dugout. And this player for Weatherford Junior College, who was scheduled to go on to the U of H, 
the University of Houston, and was looked at as a possible prospect down the line for Major League Baseball, was kicked off the team for the rest of the year. But apparently the guy was going, he was making, dropping F-bombs at him and F-pitcher and all and said some stuff. He was trash-talking coaches. I mean, it was it was an out-and-out brawl. Now, I don't know what happened in the Saturday game when they finally got played, but, I mean, it was, it was I mean, there was, People all over, fans coming out of the stands, and and this is accounts from people that were actually at the game. Someone texted into one of our local shows because they said their parents heard them talk, heard the show talking about it, and so they contacted one of our shows. You know, they said, "Hey, I'm up here in the area. Let me tell you what went on." So, yeah. who says nobody cares about baseball? Not huh? <laughs> a big fight like that. All right, any more baseball? Nope. Okay, I guess we can move on to the NFL, and the schedule will be released on or revealed on May 12th, so that, like they did last year, about two weeks after the draft. I think what they're doing is they're saying, in case there's, and it won't necessarily be this year, but in case you know, you got somebody who, uh, oh, let's say Pickett gets drafted by a team, and they're going, you might want him to go into Pittsburgh and play their first his first game in Pittsburgh or something like that, you know, so that kind of a thing could happen, so they could the, you know, tweak it a little bit, something like yeah, that. The international, the international games are coming out on the 4th. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll be, and then the first Amazon game will be released on April 28th, and then there'll be other games released on May 9th, and the full schedule will be released on May right. 12th on the NFL Network at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So, and then we're going to have three games on Christmas Day. Now we have had two games on Chris, a few Christmases. You know, we've had a late game, and we've had a night game on Christmas when it was on Sunday or, or Monday. We've had uh, the the two most the most famous game on Christmas was the first second game that was played on Christmas, the second game of that day when Miami uh, beat Kansas City in double overtime with a, a field goal and uh, went on to the the playoffs. You know, went on to the championship game and went on to the Super Bowl that year. But uh, you know, it's it, but uh, well, they're they're really getting into the Christmas games, and I think anytime Christmas is. Oh, you know, Friday, Thursday, well, even Thursday. I think they might do a Thursday night game on Honestly, Christmas yeah, night. You never know. What they did two years ago, if you remember, in 2020, they had the Christmas they had the Christmas game on Christmas on Friday. They had a Christmas game then because that would have normally been their Friday or Thursday night game, and then they had games. In that. And then last year they had two because they always do those Saturday games anyway. And then this year most of the games will be on Christmas Eve, so they're doing their quote unquote Saturday games on Christmas. Yeah, they're going to do one on Thursday. They're going to do eleven on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. So they're going to do. You that. know what? I'm surprised. A lot of people have mon- A lot of people have that Monday of Christmas off. That's usually their oh, Christmas sure. holiday. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't say, you know what? Let's do a couple on Christmas Day. Well, let's do one on Monday afternoon because we're going to have Monday night. Do a Monday doubleheader or something like that. Oh, we've had Monday day after Christmas, Monday playoffs. We've had those before. I can remember. Yeah, but I'm talking, but we're yeah. talking regular season now. We're, I know, but I'm just saying now. it's not like they wouldn't play on the day after Christmas. We've had a few times that we've had playoff games. We had one year in 77, and Robert will remember this, when the um, AFC played their games on the day before Christmas. That was a game that the Raiders uh, beat the uh, beat the. Uh, Colts in Baltimore, and yep. then the NFC decided to play its games on on Christmas, the day after Christmas. So That's that was right. that was kind of cool. And so if Christmas is anywhere from Thursday to Monday, you might see uh, NFL football. Uh, and then we have a big obituary to run through for the NFL. Daryl LaMonica. He was 80 years old. He was uh, he went to college at Notre Dame, and then he was drafted by Buffalo. He played for the Bills from '63 through '66. And back up to Jack Kemp. And I had forgotten this, that he would come in in like running situations or if they, they wanted to mix it up, he might throw, he might run or whatever. Kemp was still good, but uh, he would come in and be the, the uh, change of pace quarterback. 
he he only he played in 56 games. That's basically all the games, but he only started four of them uh, in that time. Then he was traded to Oakland for Tom Flores and somebody else I can't remember. In 60, and he played for the Raiders from 67 through 74. And 73, he was replaced by Kenny Stabler. And so he was basically the starter. But the thing that happened then was he would uh, – George Blanda in the late 60s, early 70s would come in late in the game sometimes and pull him from behind. Not that LaMonica wasn't, was a bad quarterback at all. It's just, you know, Blanda would come in and gave him, give him again another change of pace. Uh, and then he went to the uh, Southern California Sun in 75. It's amazing, and all these obituaries we're getting lately. The WFL had a lot of people coming out of retirement to go play there, whatever. He was an AFL All-Star in 65, 67, and 69. And then uh, he was a Pro Bowler in 70 with the Raiders in 72 also. And uh, he for rushing TDs, he was a co-leader in 64 and a passing leader in 67 and 69. An AFL uh, yards leader in '69, and he won the championship with the Bills in '64 and '65. You know, part of that team, and then uh, Buffalo and uh, uh, and then Oakland in '67 when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Green Bay. Uh, the AFL MVP in '67 and '69. He had 164 touchdown passes, passes, 14 rushing touchdowns in his NFL career, and uh, he dies of natural causes. And he was known as the Mad Bomber. I remember that because this was unheard of at the time with those long passes that they, he would throw and the Raiders would do. And then, uh, let's see. And he's, uh, what did he do? He had 34 passing touchdowns at 67, which is still a Raiders record. And, uh, and as a starter, he was 62, 16 and six and his best percentage, uh, in the Super Bowl era with at least 75 starts. So that's pretty cool. Good career for Daryl LaMonica. What are your, do you have memories of him, uh, Robert? Uh, yeah, uh, I remember him and, uh, uh, I mean, he was a he was a very good quarterback. Uh, I, I I really got uh, interested when they had Lamonica, Stabler, and Blanda all on the same team. You never knew what John Madden was going to do back then. You never if you wanted to change things up, you never knew whether he was going to bring in uh, Stabler to replace Monica, Lamonica to replace Stabler, or Blanda to replace either one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. John had everybody guessing back in the early 70s. A lot of teams didn't know what to prepare for when they played the Raiders back then. Uh-huh. So, yeah. That's amazing that he can still have the team record for touchdown passes 50 years ago with the way the game has changed. Well, I, I, I'm assuming now that they have Devontae Adams, uh, Rick, yeah. I, think that, I think that record will fall. And, yeah. of course, uh, uh, when we get to rumors, I'll, I'll talk about Raiders rumors I've heard about, too. So Nothing but, like yeah, Raiders I rumors. I think we're <laughs> – I don't have any more regular stories, so if anybody okay. has any I have the uh, uh, what's that? Jarvis Landry signed with Saints. Oh, oh okay. he did. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and of course, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not NFL, but the, but the USFL. I guess the um, the sensors in the ball we talked about before are causing the kickers problems with accuracy. So they're going to they're gonna go back to the K-ball for the kickers in the in the USFL. And okay. I did watch a little bit more this weekend, and it's, I, I'll tell you, I think from what I've seen, the New Orleans Breakers are the class of that league. Uh, Good for I the have, Breakers. I'm, I'm a Breakers fan anyway, so why uh, not? I, I haven't seen any games yet. Do you think that this league is going to succeed or survive? Or I think it's going to get through this year. I don't know. You know, I did. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, the, with the the mic'd up players and refs and stuff, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, but and of course we mentioned Black Amazon wants to run games on Black Friday, but they want to pay up to a hundred million dollars. But NFL's kind of like, mm, no, we're not right now. Because uh, NFL had three on Sunday. Uh, I mean, three on Thursday because that's Thanksgiving. They got all the Sunday and then Monday night. And, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know and, if they're going to want to do that. 
Yeah, and also we got the draft coming up. No real major stars coming as we said, but with they're talking. You can see the first ten picks not be an offensive skill player, skill position, you know, quarterback, yeah. running back, wide receiver. And that would be the first time since 1936 that that has ever happened. Well, Interestingly that, enough, they were saying that this year, if Jordan Love, and we saw how Jordan Love played, but he had to play, if he were in the draft, he would be the top quarterback in the draft. That is bad. The one, the yeah. one they're talking about is the, uh, the defensive lineman from Georgia. Uh Oh, because he can play all these different. That's what Peter King has in his. But everybody has. Uh, usually they match up mock drafts, but everybody, Mel Kiper, all these people, Peter King, all have different players going number one. Oh, and uh, speaking Dude. of Mel Kiper Jr., he's going to have to do his media hits from home because uh, he's another one that didn't get vaccinated. So he's not allowed to go to Las Vegas and work for ESPN. Um, hmm. So I wonder how that's going to And Kirk Herbstreit has got some kind of blood clot issue, so he's not going to appear on the ESPN broadcast either. So I wonder how the with Mel Kiper Jr. not being in Vegas uh, and and Herbstreit Herb not being there to to talk about all the college players. I wonder how that's going to affect the ESPN broadcast of the draft. I think Herbstreit's wow. more important in in his not being there at all. I mean, Mel will be still on the you know these Zoom well, things. This, pretty, well, maybe not you know. because this is Kiper. I mean, this is his baby. He, this I know, is but he can throw in. Yeah. They'll allow him. I mean, he's going to be. It's just like we're we're not together. It's just like that. They're going to. I'm sure he's a. If they have the term, a panelist. You know, yeah. if he has and something to doing, say, he'll get to say it. And they're, do, they're doing separate broadcasts. ESPN is going to look at the overall the regular draft, and ABC is going to do like the human interest. They're going to show do more of the human interest stories. So it's not going to be simulcasting. You'll get different programming on each one between the picks. Yeah, I think the interesting, I think the interesting thing, though, with Kuiper not being vaccinated and can't go to the draft, there have been people that they fired because they weren't vaccinated. Wonder, I mean, what do they have different rules for different? Different rules. Yeah. For different I, folks? I, I don't. I don't. Wait, when know. did you just find that? Did you just find that out, uh, Perry? Uh, no, they, they, they've been uh, they've been talking about yeah. Kuiper not being vaccinated now for about a week. So yeah, like Kuiper can get it. Kuiper's their star. He's there. Really, I mean, I mean, Robert might be the star of this show, but we're, we're we don't have different rules for him. That's correct. No, but we do. Now wait a minute. We do have different rules for callers. And we have one, Jamal, okay. you're up next, but this caller, I don't know who they are because it doesn't show a name or a number or anything. So, um, hello, uh, call. Hello. It doesn't give Unmute. an area code either. They have to unmute. Okay. You have to unmute. Star you six. Have to unmute. Star six. Star six. That would be me. Yours. Oh, oh he's, he's incommunicado today. All right. There we go. Yeah. Uh, today is my day off, so I thought I'd call in. Oh, okay. good point. Going back to the Jerry West thing, uh, Jerry West is saying that he is willing to take his case to the Supreme Court if he has to. Wow. And HBO Today issued a statement in response to his complaints about a portrayal in Winning Time. Uh, so here it is. HBO has a long history of producing compelling content drawn from actual facts and events that are fictionalized in part for dramatic purposes. Winning Time is not a documentary and has not been presented as such. However, the series 
has not been uh, I'm sorry. However, the series and its depictions are based on extensive factual research and reliable sourcing, and HBO stands resolutely behind our talented creators and cast who have brought a uh, dramatizations of, of this epic chapter in basketball history to the screen. So that's it. That sounds a little, uh, you know, David, when you hear a political answer, it's a little bit of this, but it's sort of like that. So we're, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not real, but it's real, you know, whatever, HBO. I it's mean, not, what are they it's saying? It's like when they do those shows, these are based on real, like one of those true right. crime stories that are based yeah. on them, but they're not actual, they're dramatizations. Yeah. Now, uh, David, you're a lifelong Lakers fan. Have you seen any of this series? Uh, no, I haven't, and okay. I don't intend to. So, okay. I think it's trash. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I was... it's drama. It's drama. That's, yeah. that's you know, especially what they said uh, at the end. However, you know, they they left themselves an out. They're trying to leave themselves an out. Yeah. You know? However, the the series and its depictions are based on extensive factual research mm. and reliable sources. So, I find that questionable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if it were a documentary, David, would you watch it then? If it were a documentary. Oh hell, hell yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's not supposed to be that. They're not portraying it. That's how they're going to get out. They're not portraying it as a documentary. Just like I said, with the with the whole young rock thing, with the inaccuracies with wrestling, it's it presented it's presented as a sitcom. You know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, so, same, so David, I'm just curious for because uh, I kind of know what happens with with me. I just sort of root against the Lakers. It's your job in the playoffs <laughs> just to root against the Celtics because we're tied here. So you got to kind of you know uh, root against them. So. <laughs> As long as they don't win the the, uh, the championship, I'm good. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's the way I feel about the way. About. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Go yeah. to Jamal. Let's... There you go. Jamal, why don't you unmute? Hello. How are y'all doing? Hey, Jamal, how about them White Sox? They're playing up a storm, aren't they? <laughs> oh, God. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm live on location on a commuter train on the way home. But be there as it may, I would like to uh, talk about... The NFL, the NBA, and the lovely White Sox. Okay, we've only got half an hour, Jamal. So, you know, <laughs> well, with the NBA, well, with the NBA, Jamal, the Bulls, the Bulls suck in this series. So that that pretty much it does that one. Well, 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 yes, and also want to talk about the the uh, Brooklyn Nets, the overrated, okay. overhyped Brooklyn Nets. They've been supposed the next super team, and now. They're out of the playoffs, which I had a feeling I just was never sold on the way that team was constructed. And then they traded away James Harden for that. He essentially traded one weirdo for another and Harden for uh, Ben Simmons. And then you had other nutcase, uh, Kyrie Irving. So, yeah, I mean, you got poor Kevin Durant, who's been a pretty much of a good citizen his entire career. He was, he should have stayed in Golden State and would should have never gone to to Brooklyn would you play with that circus actor of an NBA franchise, in my opinion. You know and about the NFL, everybody's talking about the Bears and how they need to draft wide receivers. And I agree they need to draft wide receivers because that's sure as heck not signing him in free agency and they've been basically asleep in free agency. I don't know what this new management team is trying to do. Well, you know, from what I hear, Jamal, wide receiver is a very strong position in the draft. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah there's a strong group of wide receivers. There, there's not a, like ten players, but there's a strong, a good crop of wide receivers available. Just none of them that are top ten level. So you can get, I think they can get some good. I mean, a lot of some receivers out there this year. Right, but I also want to make a point about the quarterback. People were talking about the dearth of quarterbacks. I remember, I think it was the 2017 draft. 
where Mahomes and company were in, that was considered a draft low on quarterbacks, but it produced, of course, Deshaun Watson was a big guy, but then it produced Patrick Mahomes. And no one's expecting Mahomes to do as well as what he did. So we yeah, just showed you on what's going to happen. Oh, that's right. And Patrick Mahomes could, could have been in Chicago. <laughs> uh, don't remind me. Yeah, you tell him that every time you talk about it. How about the, how about the, the White Sox? Other places do. Yes, how about well, the White Sox, Jamal? The White Sox need to get simple health. They need to get healthy. And La Russa needs to stop uh, doing goofy things with his pitching staff. Let, let let some of these guys go in here too longer. Don't relieve guys just to relieve guys. And for God's sake, the White Sox need to learn how to pick up the baseball. I was listening I mean, to, yes, I was listening to them on Wednesday when they played Cleveland, and they were the most god-awful team for one inning. That, what the Indians get, nine runs that inning, and there were like three or four errors. Four, two four errors. And, four errors, and, and they had changed the scoring decision. There were going to be five and two innings if they had changed one. So, yeah, yeah and, I, and they're playing the defensively. They're playing like some of the early Rick Winteria years, for God's sake. You know, they they need to learn how to feel the ball and also also get some way to keep their top players healthy. Hell, hire a face healer, for God's sake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Jamal. You know? All right. Okay. Thank Take you. it easy. All right. All right. Any more? Uh... What were we doing? <laughs> I don't know. Supposedly, that was the that was the NFL, but I think that's that was the NFL. Yeah. All right. So, okay, I guess we can go to the college sports. And the big story in college sports this week was Jay Wright uh, retiring and will be uh, replaced by uh, Kyle uh, Neptune, Neptune from Fordham, he, who was a longtime Villanova assistant. Uh, Jay Wright was basically burned out after uh, 38 years of coaching. He was assistant at uh, Rochester and then Drexel and then Villanova. Then uh, and then he went to uh, UNLV as an assistant, and then the head of uh, Hofstra from '94 through '01, and then the head of Villanova from '01 till now, and uh, two championships in '16 and '18. He's uh, 60 years old, on his way to. You know, they need a replacement for Dick Vitale. You know, if they do, uh, maybe somebody they could talk to. He's very articulate. I've heard him on many interviews with Whitey Rigsby on the on the Wildcats broadcast. He, he can hold his own. He'll be fine. He says yeah. no to the NBA, by the way. He's saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he'll go to ESPN and, and do basketball or CBS, you know, some CABS, TNT thing, whatever. But uh, maybe it'll know, be maybe it'll be Fox Sports ESPN. One because that's who has the Big East. Well, it could yeah. be. And then uh, so he's been to four Final Fours, uh, and uh, the, some of the things that were bothering him, the new recruiting challenges with the portal and the uh, name and likeness. But he was just, you know, just decided. You know, so many, uh, you know, so many years and all that, and spend more time with his was- family. He was a guy, you know, in the era of one and done. Yeah, who, you know, say. he was the guy that kept the players staying, and he won with the players that stayed. That's right. He was in the NCAA 16 yeah. of his 17 years at Villanova, and and he was uh, his record overall was 642 and 282, and uh, he and he assisted in the national team in 2020 with Greg Popovich. His overall uh, that was his, I guess his overall uh, record was uh, no that was his Villanova record. His overall was 520 and 197. Uh, can and and. You know, like I said, he could go to the media now and not expected to coach in the NBA, as you said, Sean. And uh, so this year, we've they, uh, the article that we read had uh, mentioned the Wright retired, Coach K retired, and uh, Roy Williams, and they'd won uh, six of the last 12 titles. So that's pretty amazing. Well, and I so, think well, you're going to see. I think you're going to see more coaches yeah. do this because, I mean, 
really, and I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of things that, that Lane Kiffin says all the time, but um, basically college sports is free agency of professional athletes. And well, I, yeah, I don't, but... oh, hold on, Sean, hold on, hold on. I don't think many, co- a lot of the coaches are going to want to stay around and deal with that crap. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you work within it, you know, like I said, the transfer portal, it's liberty. You can only transfer. It's only the one-time transfer. Otherwise, you got to set out anyway. And, but you can say you if know, you work coach, within it, a lot of the coaches just don't like it. And coaches, but but a coach can jump up and leave all he wants, and the player's stuck there with the new oh, coach. Oh, no, no, it's more fair in that way. That's right. It is. Yeah, coaches are more. And, and I think it's more the name, image, and likeness, but it's not even. I think it's some coaches, it's more that than it is, which, yes. That's the big one. That, no that I think is the big one. And I have no problem with it, but the, that's on the NCAA. That's not instead of, you know, because the NCAA said, oh, we'll leave it up to each state, whatever their state rules are. Instead of just coming in and saying, when they knew that California passed this, what was the NCAA's thing? NCAA was like, oh, well, we'll just kick the California schools out of the NCAA. They can't participate. Instead of saying, okay, California's ruling on this, the Supreme Court's ruling on this, other states, we need to come up with a uniform NCAA deal, which I'm already hearing. I'm thinking you're going to see college football having a governing body, some sort of, you're going to see men's and women's college basketball, maybe even college baseball, those thrown in and leave the NCAA and have governing bodies for all of these. You know, and then everything is going to be the power own. five conferences and that's going to be about it. Yeah, and well, and in basketball, you'll have more. You may have more, or because you'll have the Big East, you'll have some of these others that can compete, but you'll have the Power Fives. They may do their own thing, and it'll be after, and you may see... And, that, and, and, and if that happens, that will ruin the, the March tournament. Yeah, that'll ruin it. Well, that's the NCAA. That's 93% of the NCAA's profit. Uh, that, ru- that is most of their profit. But it may, you may see some sort of way with the March tournament, but it may not be under the NCAA. It may be a governing body of college. Back- well, if it's like under the – I guarantee back- you, and we're, we're at 14 minutes, so we can't really spend a no, lot of time yeah. on this, but nope. I guarantee you if the Power Five conferences are running it, based on what oh. I've heard, you will not the, – the upsets that everybody loves, that'll be done because the Power Five conferences rule at that point. Well, the Power Six for basketball, you got Big East, yeah. They'll be in on that too. Yeah, yeah well, anyway, okay. Yeah, all right. And there's another story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well there's, there's, about the one, there's one here. Carrier Dome will be changing its name. It's uh, rumored it might be changing to the JMA Wireless uh, Arena. It's changing May 1st. So if you're, uh, you, you know, if you want to get down there, you better go quickly if you want to go to the Carrier Dome. Uh, Which, and by the way, oh, has no air conditioning. Even though it's that's right. Yeah, I always air. thought that was funny. And then, yeah. uh, and, so, Sean, what were you going to talk about? Were you going to talk about the targeting thing? Yeah, I was going to talk about the two rule changes. Yeah, okay, all right, go ahead. First of all, there. All right, NCA is saying that if there's targeting, now this is such an NCA move. If there's targeting, then you know you have to set out the next. If it happens in the second half, you have to set out the first half of the next game, and that's the next game that year, or even the next year if it happens in a bowl game. But what you can now do is file an appeal to a and a national review board will decide whether you get to play in the first half of that next game, next week or next whatever. And so it's like it doesn't say anything about that game if it was unjust targeting. So you're still out for the remainder of that half of that game or if it happens in the first half of the remainder. But but you get to play the next under a review board. Now, here's the weirdest rule. Fake injuries. Fake injuries. All right. If you think your opposing team is playing or faking an injury, maybe a player faking an injury, you can – 
reported to the NCAA, the same review board, and if the review board rules in your favor, you and the other members of your conference, your conference can decide the punishment. Now, if this is an interconference game, let's just talk about Texas and Alabama are playing this year. All right. Texas is still in the Big 12 for now. Texas thinks Alabama is going to, you know, fake in an injury. They turn it over. The review board reviews. Texas in the Big 12 can decide Alabama's punishment. So that's another that, NCAA, that's NCAA move. This is, this hey, is number why. one. Number one. This had, going back to that game last year when Ole Miss and Tennessee, you know, that famous game from last year, that was going on during that game. And, and, and like David Kellum says, how in the world would you know? Well, and how would you why, know? I mean, how would you know if someone is faking an injury? You can guess, but he said that's it, why I always tell our fans don't boost somebody for it because you don't know if they're faking it or not. That's right. And this is why this is why it kind of goes back to what we were previously talking about. Where I was saying there's going to be some sort of revolt, not just with Power Five schools, but even some lower schools of forming these. You know, saying, you know what, NCAA, we don't need you. We can do it on our own as a football association. But this is that kind of goes into that last discussion. But we'll if we, don't, if we don't get to the hockey before fourth, uh, fourth yeah, we yeah. got to get hockey fans are going to revolt against yeah, that. Right? NCAA will do it. more stupid stuff throughout the summer, so we'll have more time. Yes, to that's do right. That's okay. right. They always do. <clears throat> so the hockey, and we've also got a significant, significant death, so we need to do that too. So in the Atlantic Division, and, and uh, we'll we'll run down the matchups as they exist today, and I think they'll pretty much be what we're going to see next week and next week we will do the final standings of course because the season will be over basically everybody's got three games to go except there's one makeup game that still needs to be played on sunday with uh what is it seattle going to winnipeg and they're going to play but that doesn't mean anything by the way chris Chris, real quick here the yankees letter has just been released it didn't in the end it didn't reveal a whole lot of information that we didn't already know but it did say the yankees were using uh video to steel science. So, I mean, we, we pretty much knew that already. We yeah. already knew that, yeah. All right. So, Florida is the cursed team, I guess, uh, Robert. They have the Prince of Wales uh, title this year, uh, do they? They, they? They've got the uh, they've got the Eastern uh, number one seed. Don't uh, they have uh, did they beat, uh, let me look for I, Carolina. Colorado? I believe Colorado will Colorado? get Colorado? Yeah. I believe Colorado will get the President's Trophy. Okay. I think Colorado's only got 116. But anyway, we'll run this down. Yeah. I got Florida okay. with 120, Toronto at second with 111. This is the Atlantic Division. Tampa Bay with 106. Bruins have 103. They have an outside chance to come in third, but not good. Buffalo, 73. Detroit, 72. Ottawa, 69. Montreal, 51. In the Metropolitan Division, we have Carolina at 112. The Rangers at 108. So they've got a chance to catch them there. Pittsburgh at 101. So they're not they catching the Rangers. Tonight, by the way. Rangers What's that? Car- Rangers and Carolina play tonight. Okay. Pittsburgh's going to be third. They're 101. Washington Washington is at 100. Oh, no, they may not be third. Washington's right behind them at 100. Whoa, okay, watch out, Penguin. Uh, we have the Islanders at 80, Columbus, uh, New Jersey, and Philadelphia rounded out. Central, Colorado at 116 is what I uh, got from the uh, Missa okay, today. Well, maybe Florida will. Well, okay, maybe Florida will be. Yeah. Which, okay. When is the last time the uh, President's Trophy won the Stanley Cup? Uh, it's been a long time. Okay, I, I, I can't tell you when. 
Okay, Colorado 116. The big uh, one thing that's up in the air, Minnesota's at 109 and St. Louis is at 109, but Minnesota has more wins, So, but this is totally up for grabs for who gets home ice in that long-awaited series. The series has been coming. We don't know who's getting home ice. Nashville 94, Dallas 93. Then we drop to Winnipeg, Chicago, and Arizona. We'll give you the final stats on everybody next week. Pacific, Calgary 108, Edmonton 98, the Kings 96. That home ice is up for grabs to a degree. We have Vegas at 90. And then the other teams, Vancouver is now out of it at 87, San Jose, uh, 76, Anaheim, and uh, Seattle. So in the East, at the moment, and again, it could change, Washington would go to play Florida right now. But again, the Penguins are just ahead of Washington. So we'll see about that. Washington and Florida, Tampa Bay would be at Toronto at this point. The Bruins would go to play Carolina, and that's not a good deal for the Bruins because they've stunk against yeah, Carolina. Carolina had not been playing well lately. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. but the Bruins goalies have been in and out, so I don't know. The Bruins would go and play Carolina, and we'd have Pittsburgh at the Rangers right now. In the West, we'd have Dallas at Colorado. We'd have St. Louis and Minnesota. We know that's going to happen. Just don't know home ice yet. We have Nashville and Calgary, and we have uh, the Kings and Edmonton in the wild card race. Nashville and Dallas are the top two. They're 94 for Nashville, 93 for Dallas. Vegas is at 90. They got an outside chance. What did you say, Robert? If Vegas loses tonight? If they lose tonight, they're officially eliminated from that. So Right, so uh, then we'd know all the playoff teams. Because they, they, play they play in Dallas tonight. So if Dallas okay, beats so. them. You know. Then uh, they're out, and yeah. uh, they and, and that's and they've made up all their games. They they caught up with all that, and yeah. then Vancouver's already out at eighty seven. So then we also have uh, uh, Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin tied uh, Gretzky and Mike Bossy, who we were talking about last uh, week, with nine fifty goal seasons. So quite an and accomplishment he, and for he's also, he's also Ovechkin. Out with, he's also yeah. out with an injury day to day. body injury. Yeah. Okay, well he'll probably be back by Monday or Tuesday, whenever they're going to start. And we had one obituary that we need to get to. Guy Lafleur, right wing. He's 70 years old. Not not necessarily politically. We don't know, but a right winger in hockey. He he was from Quebec. He uh, started with the Canadiens, 71 through 85. Then he retired. The uh, Canadiens wouldn't uh, trade him. And then he went to the Rangers in 88 and 89. I'd forgotten about the little end end of his career there thing that he did. Went to the Rangers in 88, 90, and then the Quebec Nordiques in 89 through 91. And, uh, and you know, he uh, Montreal wouldn't trade him in 85. He made the Hockey Hall of Fame in 88, and then he came back to the Rangers. So he's probably one of the few players to ever be a player and play in the Hall of Fame. We have people that well, are players Mar- and Mar- manage, but, uh, you know, Mariel, in baseball. Mariel Lemieux did that also, Chris. Did he? Uh, yeah. He had retired yeah. a little while? Okay. Well, he, he, he didn't retire. Remember, he had the cancer, and he was out oh. for a couple of years. And, uh, and by the time he came back, he was already elected to the Hall of Fame. So. Okay. LaFleur had 560 goals, 793 assists for 1353. In the playoffs, he had 128 games, 58 goals, 76 assists for 134, 19 uh, hat-tricks in his career. And, of course, uh, won Cups with Montreal, 73 and 76 through 79. First player to get uh, 50 goals uh, six years in a row. And then he had 50 and 100 points also six years in a row. And he was the MVP in uh, 1976 and 19, uh, through 1978. And All-Star 75 through 80. And then the Consmite playoff most MVP in 1977. And he died of lung cancer. So he had quite a quite a career. And the reason that he was called 
the little the flower with le fleur means flower, and that David didn't know that when he gave the obituary, but le fleur is flower. That's why right. he was called the flower, besides being uh, whatever his other nickname was. I can't remember what David said that was, but, right. uh, you know, but Guy Lafleur, he kind of took over for Beliveau. Beliveau was just about to retire, and there came Lafleur, you know, and of course, picking up after the Rocket Richard. So quite a, a lineage of superstars in Montreal. And anything uh, anybody else has to say about hockey? How much time we got here? Uh, no, I I think that's it. I think we can we, wrap it up. We are we down got, to we have three four, minutes. Four minutes, so. Rick. You guys just uh, just to give Rick a chance. Rick, uh, do you, do you have any hockey stuff? Not really. I mean, um, Bergeron became the, the fourth all-time leading goal scorer for the history of the Bruins the other day, and it, it okay. surprised me. The guy, the guy he passed was Ray Bork. I, <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't think Bork scored that many goals. Oh, I got I, you know they played the highlight. The, you know they do. They've been doing this date in Bruins history all year, and they do it for the Celtic too. And they played. Uh, what a happy day it was, but what a scary day. We had a day on, on uh, uh, 24th of April and just past the anniversary. It was a Sunday, too, in 83 when the uh, Celtics were in. Uh, it was one of those three-game series you used to play if you didn't come in first, and they were playing the Hawks at the Garden in the daytime, and that was the day uh, Tree Rollins bit uh, Danny Ainge, by the way. Yeah. The Celtics. Oh, blew, yeah, that day. <laughs> yeah, Celtics blew the Hawks out, and then the Bruins and Buffalo were playing the uh, actually division championship for the Adams division that day, the winner to go on play the Islanders, which the Bruins did in a lot, but uh, they, they won in overtime. So they were like, both teams could have been eliminated the same day or continued. They did continue. Uh, Celtics got wiped out. Bruins lost to the Islanders, but still, what a scary but happy day that was. <laughs> I remember and that. Danny well. Ainge is always saying that you won't believe the people that come up to him and talk about how he bit Tree Rollins. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of happy days, you can have a happy day anytime by listening to this podcast by going to Legend Oldies or downloading it uh, by typing in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher or telling your smart speaker to uh, play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast or the Sports Lounge Live podcast from TuneIn or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And come on back next week. We'll have some NFL draft analyzation, uh, playoffs in the NHL, NBA, Mayball in full swing. And I'm sure the NCAA will do something stupid again. So until <laughs> yeah, next week. Maybe we'll know a little about the Derby because that's going to come up a week from Saturday. Oh, yeah, maybe Jerry knows week, some stuff about that. Saturday. Saturday. That'll be yeah. Derby, Saturday, so. Derby. Derby will See be next week. Week. So, Yep. Recording. 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 Recording